cinephiles. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the most exciting episode of American Cinephiles that you are ever going to get. I'm I'm your host, Kyle. And, and I'm Nick. There we go. I wouldn't Excellent. say this is the best episode anyone's ever going to get. That means every episode we do after this is never going to be as good as this one. Well, then we're just going to have to push it to 11 for every other episode. As well, especially when, when the Batman comes up. That'll be the next like super, oh, super special one. <laughs> yes, Spencer, the dreadful mime is over. That is because we had technical issues going into this. And Which Spencer is that? This is the... We have two. Spencer. Do we have two Spencers in here now? We don't. We only have one Spencer right now. Oh, okay. But we, it's the other Spencer. It's the newer in our timeline Spencer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Okay. So Nick, how are you doing on this wonderful Saturday? Fantastic, amazing. How are you, Kyle? I am doing well. I slept a little later than what I wanted to. Um, and I've I've had a very good, very good uh, day. Uh, we started a little later because of technical issues. I'm not going to bring that up ever again. But I mean, I'll probably I, bring it up a couple more times. Probably, but I'm I'm glad to say we are here and everything. So the reason why you're all joining us today here, either on Twitch, on your podcast streams, or on our website uh, on Anchor. Uh, is because of the the Snyder Cut that has finally been released uh, this past Thursday. And four hours of that, actually now eight, because I've watched it twice now, eight hours. I was thinking about that when I was uh, giving it a second rewatch. I was like, I've put more time into this than a day of work. Yeah, I've, I have literally spent a, a, basically a day of work watching this film twice. Yeah. That's wow, putting that into perspective. All right, isn't that wild? That's cr- I didn't think of it like that. Or, or it's a half day of work, depending how you want it. If you only it. watch it once, yeah, exactly. But so we're here. This, this movie has finally been released on HBO Max. Um, if you're in with if you're within the US international it's on uh various streaming sites or streaming services or in theaters uh where you can safely go to theaters so we are here to go through this movie i I won't say we're going to be going like scene for scene so to say but i mean we're gonna basically go chapter by chapter or my notes are going to be chapter two chapter chapter two chapter because <laughs> i apparently uh forgot when each chapter was oh and yes spoiler warning from now on yeah giant spoilers um it is very different from the whedon cut yeah um i wouldn't say there's any spoilers that are going to shock anyone's world it's there really isn't anything you haven't already heard i would say mm-hmm. that's been covered by like movie web or you know like rotten tomatoes or whoever but 
we still will be going, I'd say we're going to be going pretty in depth. Um, and we're not really going to leave anything off the table. So no, if you no. like really want to be surprised by something, uh, leave. <laughs> leave, don't leave, just mute it and just give us the it. view. Watch it. Go, go and watch it while you're listening to us. Chill. Sure. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, we have a brand new opening. We have basically, I, I, I'd say, an extended uh, death scene of Superman from Batman versus Superman. And what I liked about it <clears throat> was that it was more in tone with what um, with what Snyder did with Batman v Superman. You get that, and actually, if you think about it, even Watchmen, he, there's that slow, very stylistic opening, mm-hmm. and and both Batman v Superman and justice league the opening is sort of like a recap of things that have happened before it so yeah. batman v superman you see the death of bruce's parents uh, because you know no one's ever seen that before uh and and i want to say it shows kind of something like the destruction in that opening the opening credits uh from the battle between zod and uh superman doesn't it or maybe not for bvs yeah do you remember uh it see no because it starts because that opening starts with uh death of the waynes the funeral and then it goes into bruce falling down into the bat cave yeah and then it goes into um the kryptonian fight okay yeah so the kryptonian fight was after the credits but i mean so regardless they both still show like like, okay, here's what you kind of need to know to catch you up. And they mm-hmm. kind of did that with the Batman stuff and Batman v Superman. And then they did that with this one showing kind of the end of Batman v Superman. And I like that it's kind of, it keeps it, I mean, right off the bat when we were watching it, I was like, this is already more consistent yeah. than, uh, than the Whedon cut. Well, yeah. And I mean, with the Whedon cut, you got, uh, you got Batman uh, going going and fighting a parademon with a no-name robber and then the parademon basically committing suicide and then having the the three mother boxes be in its in leaving in its in its wake which was weird to me and in this opening we get the screams from Clark basically awakening all of the mother boxes and that's how steppenwolf then comes to earth which i enjoyed i and steppenwolf itself looks 10 times better than what he did in the whedon wb cut yeah yeah uh the the armor like i didn't i think we both were kind of surprised while we were watching it uh because the first time we uh, watched it, Kyle and I watched it together and, and we're in a Zoom meeting for four hours, five hours, because we talked about it for an hour after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both like right when Steppenwolf showed up, we were like, holy shit, because his armor looks really cool. It actually moved like the spikes on his armor, like mm-hmm. react to what he's doing. Um, or I think even like his emotions, like I, when you see him angry, you can kind of see his little spikies be like, Rah! and kind of pop up a little more. There's a cool sort of purple glint to it when it's in the sun. I can't remember what that's called. Um, there's like a name for it, but that there was, 
and really some, cool. Someone smarter is going to correct us on that. Okay, cool. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so already like just that opening, like you said, it made more sense. He wasn't just coming for the mother boxes because mm-hmm. just, you know, randomly. Um, so yeah, the, the whole like first 20 minutes, I was like, all right, I'm already kind of digging this a little more. Yeah. And so it goes it, it for that first chapter it goes to like bruce in the ice in iceland on a horseback which we'd seen from one of the very first trailers years ago that uh he was looking for arthur and he eventually did find him um and it made sense for him to have the beard in this in the Snyder cut compared to the Whedon cut because we just we go from Batman in uh, Gotham to Iceland and then he has a beard which to me made no sense in the in the Whedon cut I mean honestly that didn't bother me um I just assumed an extended period of time had passed between you know when he got to Iceland, you know, and trying to find this guy. Really, the only thing that the Snyder Cut added there for me was just kind of showing him like on his horse trudging through and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they added a little bit there, but that was never. I always just assumed I was like, all right, yeah, he went looking for Arthur Curry, so he's probably been out in the in the shit for a while. So now yeah. he's got a little bit of a beard. Yeah, and this <laughs> and like the first time we see Arthur, this this whole scene is is an alternate. Is an alternate take. Most of the most of the stuff that we get in the Snyder Cut is either going to be an alternate take or an extended take. Yeah, on it, which uh, some is good, some I could do without. One I could really do without is the Icelandic ladies singing, and there is no subtitles to, to to tell you what they're singing about. Even with the subtitles on, they don't give it to you. So, Zach, why was this part in here? <laughs> I've seen a lot of people online kind of also bitching about that part. Um, I, yeah, I agree. It wasn't, it was kind of an extended scene. Like near the end, I was like, can you guys just stop singing to the water now? <laughs> um, I get why they were doing it though. I think mm-hmm. it was because. Arthur's almost, I don't want to say a god, but like almost, he's kind of like a deity to them. He's a saint to them. Yeah, so I think that's like their little like chant, like, because it's very Nordic, you know, it's a very Nordic chant. So Mm -hmm. I feel like he's almost a part of their culture now, um, almost like a myth to them. And that's sort of their, um, you know, their song, not worshiping him, but like thanking him or whatever, like maybe blessing him, be safe underwater, don't, you know, get your neck (laughs) caught in a six-pack plastic thing beware of straws yeah so I, I that's kind of what i took it as but again i agree it could have i could have done without it it was uh um it was a little long yeah uh and then we we then go to back to metropolis where lois is getting coffee actually no i'm sorry we continue on to bruce we have a new scene with bruce um getting into his holy big big ass plane that he could carry like everyone that he knows in there uh and then we 
then we oh like his private jet yeah that was not a jet that was like a that was like a c-130 yeah but he's bruce wayne he is bruce wayne he's got money uh then we go to um metropolis with lois uh and then there's a sneaky little Zack snyder cameo in the coffee shop i don't know if you saw it no no i didn't it's when when she is leaving he is in the window he's working on something he's he's like wearing a vest and a white shirt so if you go back so he's wearing his snyder clothes he should be he's wearing his snyder clothes yes yeah yeah so it's um i've seen a lot of people like say it's like uh like a hitchcock cameo and Mm -hmm. i as much as i i i would say it's like a hitchcock cameo but i also don't want to um anger the people that are against all this so i I mean i wouldn't say it's a hitchcock i mean a lot of directors do that you know like there'll be a lot of directors who show up for you know just a scene in their movie or or uh Mm -hmm. or what i mean saying it's it's just like you know like oh that's that's a hitchcock thing yeah not really i mean he kind of popularized it it, but yeah i wouldn't say like that's his hitchcock moment it's just a director cameo yeah and it's it's also i think his first time cameoing in one of his movies sure um so we then go we go to england an extended fight with that wonder woman uh kills one of the terrorists that's her first uh person that she kills in this movie which i don't i don't agree with her killing a normal person but her saving everyone i'm was great showing the super speed for her uh zach snyder loves the slow motion uh if if he didn't do as much slow motion this movie would probably have been about three and a half hours yeah so i mean i guess high level here real quick because we are just pouring into this that is so there are a lot of great things about this cut i i loved it um Mm -hmm. it's i said this on twitter it's probably my favorite superhero ensemble movie um it that said it's not without its issues that being one of the biggest ones is there's just so much slow motion and something i didn't like in the whedon version and in this one is that whole sort of uh wonder woman fight i it felt like you know they were just kind of like all right let's shoehorn in uh, these generic uh british villains who want to uh, completely go back to the dark ages by blowing up four city blocks, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we were talking about that before too. You're going to need a lot more, like, you know, many, many more explosives if, if you're going to do that. And, uh, and it, you know, it was, I guess it was just to give wonder woman a scene where she's fighting. Yeah. Um, which, which makes sense, but it also was like, Oh, so, so now you are wanting to be shown. You don't want to be hidden. Okay, fine. Yeah, well, I mean, and I mean, I guess that's kind of like a that's a arc for her from mm-hmm. the first movie, you know, where she was kind of, and it's the same with Cyborg. He has a whole arc in this, which is nice. Like Cyborg is actually an interesting character now, um, but that that particular fight, I was just like, why is this here? Like, you could put that in an opening of a Wonder Woman movie to be like, here's what she's been up to. Yeah, but having that entire scene, um, in this version was just kind of, especially since Batman didn't really have his own standalone fight scene. Aquaman kind of did for a minute, but it was directly related to um, to the events. Yeah. 
So every other character, like when they're fighting, even if they're by themselves, it had something to do with propelling the movie forward. And in both the Snyder cut and in this one, uh, in the or, or I'm sorry, uh, the Whedon cut, that's just a scene where it's like, oh, Wonder Woman's here and here's some bad guys in a bank. And it's like, mm-hmm. I've seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. So even when we watched it this time, I was like, I'm kind of thinking about fast. I almost fast forwarded it the second time, too, because I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, I was never a fan of that scene to begin with, honestly. All right. Uh, but what we do, I mean, what we do get um, is another extended fight scene with the Amazons and Steppenwolf, which is the first time we get to see Steppenwolf. And he he is much more of a threat, I think, uh, in just from that scene alone compared to the weed and cut. How how he looks, how he acts, how he talks. I mean, how he talks is 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 the same. It's the same uh, same voice actor. Um, he was on. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, like it's like Securian. Um, I can't remember, but I know. Yeah, so that a lot of it, a lot of that uh, scene, yeah, Kyrian Hins. Yeah. Um, a lot of that scene was very similar, um, mm-hmm. but it, you're right. It did show he's much more brutal. Um, and actually, I do like that scene, um, th- that Amazon scene where they're keeping uh, the mother box away from him. Yeah. And how it's like being thrown from one Amazon to another to another. Um, that was really cool in the Whedon cut and in this one. I think they just kind of ex- uh, expanded it. In yeah, they expanded version. it. Uh, the stronghold for the mother box fell into the ocean and then all the parademons rose out of it that was cool um i like steppenwolf's new axe that he gets it seems it's definitely more powerful compared to the weeding cut see i didn't remember that being different so even his weapon is different it's still an axe but there's there is an energy field to it okay so and especially yellow that has nothing to do with anything because it has nothing to do with lanterns. Um, okay, so that's basically the end of chapter one. Chapter two, we get... Now, how long was chapter one? About 20 minutes? Uh, I'd say Did about say? 20 minutes. I have the okay. exact... Um, I have that exact moment because it has been laid out. Um, opening sequence is about nine minutes. Part one is about 28. 28. Part two is 32 Part three is 42, part four, 30, part five, 32, part six, 41. The epilogue is 19 and the end credits is nine minutes. But I did not stay for the end credits because there is nothing at the end. Right. Even even a cheeky, like, oh, here, here's something else. There's nothing. Yeah, and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, I mean, again, we just sat through a as long as return of the king movie right which longer than the theatrical one yeah it and it didn't feel like four hours honestly yeah um i mean maybe my second viewing because it was also done like at eight o'clock at night and i'm like i probably should have started this earlier yeah and well and and we'll get to it i don't want to get too much into the end now but i remember at one point near the end during the kind of the climax um uh, I told you this after, but I wanted to to stop for a second and be like, are we really kind of this close to the end? Because it doesn't feel like four. Mm-hmm. I it literally felt like we had started it 45 minutes earlier. 
Yeah. Um, and one thing that I really liked, I think one of the reasons that this did not feel like a four hour long, just overly um, self-serving version was because one, Whedon cut it very well. It, it, it hops from character to character very well. Whedon or and Snyder? God damn it, Snyder. <laughs> okay. um, he, cut it, he cut it very well. And it doesn't feel like a hodgepodge of just scenes mixed together like Whedon's version did. Mm-hmm. Um, every time there would be times when it would start with a new character after giving you maybe 10 minutes of one character and maybe it would go to like Cyborg. And because of the injustice haha, done to him in the Whedon cut, I would always every time it, it would cut to a, a Cyborg scene, I'd be like, ah, oh, Christ, now we're gonna have to sit through like 10 minutes of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. But with every, you know, every new cut to him, I liked him more and more because they weren't just adding stuff in there for the fuck of it. They were giving Cyborg the background that he should have had in the Whedon version. Yeah. So I, so I started getting more engrossed in it and then you don't, and then all of a sudden it goes to the, you know, to the next scene. Now it's Batman. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, wait, hang on, hang on. Don't go to Batman yet. Go back to Cyborg. Like <laughs> it's never, never happened. No, so he- they Snyder definitely made cyborg a character that you wanted to get to know more. Yeah. And he did a fantastic job with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I was first introduced to cyborg from like the, the teen Titans uh, cartoon. So I've always, I've always had known cyborg as uh, someone with the teen Titans, someone with like Robin or beast boy. He mm-hmm. he didn't start coming to like the Justice League to that level up until actually now ten years ago uh, when DC decided to re restart the universe. Thank was you, Barry. With, uh, the, was that with the new Fifty Two? Yep. That he kind of started. Okay. Yep, that is correct. Thank you, Barry Allen, for wanting to go save your mom. But so, and I found that interesting too. That the whole movie kind of felt like a three or four episode arc of like the justice league show not yeah. always but it kind of like it brought me back to that a little mm-hmm. and the the original cut never did so i noticed that a little too but no um, uh, yeah because there's i mean even um say when i mean when we get to like the part where they are wanting to uh resurrect superman mm-hmm. and they're all standing around like talking about it and then they go to his grave they that felt like team building and it felt like the first episode of justice league the cartoon yeah uh, secret origin so and i and i enjoyed that uh we didn't get that from whedon yeah and there's a few other parts that we're going to get to uh later on in the movie that also really really show how the team kind of comes together and Mm -hmm. uh builds up a, a rapport with each other if i may um there there is again that's one of the biggest things that they added to this was just a lot of backstory and not in a way where you're like no one needs to know this like right you can sit here and easily be like why the fuck does this have to be four hours long like obviously anyone would say that mm-hmm. but when you're watching it that's why it doesn't feel like it's four hours long because everything that they put in it other than all that goddamn slow-mo is pretty necessary to to the arcs of all of these characters 
So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, another thing that they added that like dragged on was the like the the introduction to Barry and Iris West, his eventual wife. Mm-hmm. That that slow motion scene went on for too long. And that yeah. was well, well. So let's keep going through it because that was technically chapter two, right? That was, I think, might have even been chapter three. But I mean, so with chapter two, a, a, and the difference is that we do not have the the no more like we don't have the exploding penguin line, which I I I like that line because Same. it gave because it because uh, it gave the universe like more um, not space. It built it out a little. It, it, it was built it out, teasing, yeah. teasing a bigger, wider universe. Yeah, especially between Bruce, like, like okay, he has gone up against the penguin, so yeah. the penguin does exist here. So I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I see that as now that was a Whedon thing, which props to Whedon for adding that. Um, and then the whole interaction between Alfred and Bruce is different. Uh, also, another thing that took too long was the. The whole ceremony for the shooting of the arrow to warn Diana. Just shoot the, the arrow. <laughs> yeah, they bring it up. They it's like like four or five or four or six Amazonians bring it up in something that looks like a coffin. So you're thinking it's a coffin, and then they slowly put it down. You're like, who's in the coffin? Who's in the coffin? <laughs> and they open it and it's a fucking bow and two arrows. And you're like, just why didn't you just put it down and show it right away? Like yeah. all that buildup for something that looks like a coffin, you got a bow and arrow in there. And uh you know, and then of course she takes like two minutes to knock it back and 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 aim and you know and fire it, and then you watch it travel the globe in real time. It feels like, and you're just like, oh my god, you're Amazonian. Shouldn't it just be like that? Like, <laughs> continue. So, so, so when I first heard about that, because my friend was like, hey, I'm gonna give you some non-spoiler stuff for it in the beginning, <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, what it, did I exactly say? Because I know I thought I thought it was funny. It, um, so it was. Frack! I, I basically made like, oh, uh, the Amazonians are dancing around uh, Dark Side. Yeah, I'm gonna come attack you now. Because oh, what it was it? I said corrected. Uh, whatever. I know it's not that funny. I don't care. Moving on. No, I liked it. It's good. Good. I'm glad someone did. Be prepared, um, guys. But, so that and yeah, that yeah. they bring back uh, you know, from the, the weed cut, um, the fire or the arrow lands outside of what looks like the Pantheon or whatever, or uh, mm-hmm. like a Greek um the Parthenon or I don't know. Um uh and that's pretty much the same. Diana sees it, she's like, Oh no, the torches of Gondor are lit, and she runs over there. And this is where you kind of first see a tease of dark side. Cause again, this was not in the Whedon cut, right. Mm-hmm. Where she, she basically goes down into like the basement of the, uh, of this Greek um, ruin. Correct. Yeah. That, and that part was not in the Whedon cut. Yeah. And uh, there's murals on the wall that show like the mother boxes and you get your first look at like dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, which I like that, you know, again, that adds that kind of what this uh, another big thing this cut did was it gave Steppenwolf motivation and it explained why he's doing what he's doing and it it made it more apparent that Steppenwolf is just like a basic ass landing party 
yeah. for something way, way bigger. And I like that because with how hard it was for them to take out Steppenwolf and how much shit he put the Justice League through, like he's like the one that no one likes back on Apocalypse, mm-hmm. you know? So like imagine what the rest of them would be like if they invaded Earth. And so this was kind of one of the first scenes that that gave you that taste of like, yeah, there's a, you know, the war is already here, but we're not having the war with the with the king yet. You know, yeah. he's he's still on his way. Um, so that was I did like that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get we get a scene that was cut from the theatrical version, which was the introduction of Willem Dafoe's character, Volko, who we see later in Aquaman. He plays a bigger part. But this is in a, an alternate scene, essentially, of how Arthur gets his mom's. It's not a trident. I understand that. It's like a quadrant, not yeah, even. It's, it's like it's got five pokies on it. So I think it's a, it's a uh, five dent. It's five dent. Yeah. It's a yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's a it's a stick with five points. Yep. It's a fork. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> here. Use this. Use your mother's fork to yeah, her save giant our, to save fucking Atlantis. water fork. It but yeah, that scene was salad. That scene was fine, but again, that was like I mean, you're gonna get more of that in aquaman so you almost mm-hmm. could have left it out um but yeah. if they had added it in the original cut originally before aquaman had ever come out i would have been like oh aquaman that this might be a good movie yeah this is and interesting I, and and Volko volko's uh, appearance is different from snyder snyder cut to aquaman his his hair is not that long yeah um, his armor is different and same with your favorite person uh mira mm. uh she's got an accent her armor is different, so it's all it's all different compared to this, but it's all in the same universe. Well, and I have a I have a theory about that, and okay. um, not to ever talk about Amber Heard if I don't need to. I mean, um, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm just going to try to keep swallowing my vomit as I speak. <laughs> but uh, I I have a theory about why she had an accent in this and then didn't have it in the the uh, Whedon cut. Movie? Or because was she in the she was in the Whedon cut, right? She was in the Whedon cut, it but was... she didn't have the accent. No, right. So here's my theory. I could be wrong. Now it's no surprise or secret that Amber Heard is not a good actress or a good person. Uh, she, I feel like she, when when Whedon came on board, he watched the dailies, he watched what Zach had. And when he and he was like, okay, well, we're going to reshoot her scenes because she cannot do a good accent <laughs> at all. So they reshot it. And I mean, why else would they get rid of her accent? There's no right. like, why would he be like, okay, this time try it, but without whatever that fucking thing is supposed to be coming <laughs> out of your mouth. Um, and then obviously with with um, Aquaman, the movie, mm-hmm. she didn't have it because that now keeps it in continuity because technically Justice League Whedon's version is the canon version at the moment correct with you know with aquaman and batman v superman and and all that um so i honestly think what it was was he just didn't like the way it sounded uh so they they reshot those scenes with her you know speaking normally and when we didn't or when snyder came back to do his cut he's like i'm not using anything we did like this is my original vision she had an accent fucking deal with it you know um 
I kind of wish they would have reshot her scenes one with like Amelia Clark or something uh, and <laughs> just had her do the um, like her normal accent just for the continuity. But at the end of the day, I get why he did it. He's like, nope, mm-hmm. this is this is what it was supposed to be before Whedon was brought on board. Correct. So I I accept it, I guess. But they okay. should, should have hired somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Zendaya. Yeah. That would have been a great choice. Zendaya. Zendaya, whatever. Amelia Clark, Amalia Clark. Amelia Daenerys. Clark. Um, I don't know, but it looks like uh, the sun wants to come into your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> every five I'll close my blinds. Go tell him another uh, story about uh, what's about next Amber Heard. Desaad. Who, who's Desaad? Desaad? So Desaad is one of Darkseid's. Uh, wow. I just had the name <laughs> is he the one with the cloak he's the one with the cloak yes okay he's um basically dark side's right hand man um he's basically his secretary so he's the one that why you see more of the sod than dark side in the film um so he's he's the middleman between steppenwolf and dark side uh so we also get here the Basically, as the, uh, that us telling that Steppenwolf can't come back to Apocalypse because he has failed Darkseid so many times before, um, and we don't we don't really know why like he's failed or how he's failed. So it's just be like, okay, he he sucks, so he can't come back. That would be interesting to see in like a prequel or something, though, or in a series or or you know anything like that it would be cool to see kind of why what he did and again i don't mind that they don't say it they don't need to explain every little you know detail at at least there's a reason and you know there's a reason you don't need to know what the reason is but it makes more sense to the overall story exactly (laughs) so affleck was the bomb in Zack snyder's justice league someone just say that (laughs) uh someone posted it on twitter actually well, jay, muse, jay muse posted it of course he did <laughs> it's a... so the alternate scene describing the first invasion yeah so it was instead of steppenwolf being the person that invaded it was dark side or as his he was before he was named dark side unoxus uoxus which i had to, i never knew that he had a, had a name before dark side so Yay to this DC nerd for not knowing everything. God damn it, Kyle. Yeah, I know. Well, and it's and Zeus him. killed him. Uh Zeus did not kill Zeus did not kill him. Well, Zeus fucking put his axe into his shoulder and no, sent Ares him running. That was Ares. Are you sure? I read something that said it was Zeus. Zeus is the one with lightning. Yeah, I think Zeus had the axe. I'm pretty sure it was know. Zeus. It was Ares. Are you sure? God of war, yes. All right. If you're trust, positive, trust me, I'm actually negative for everything. Um, yeah, bad joke, dad joke, dad joke. Uh, oh, I see. I, I heard it now. I got you. Right. Uh, but we get uh, we get a green lamp. Aries, thank you, Spencer. Thank you for making sure that I was correct in Justice League Snyder Cut. That I was correct. So uh, then we also get uh, one of two Green Lanterns in this, and it is not 
the first Green Lantern that we see is Yalan Gar. Yalan Gur. He is someone I'm not very familiar with, um, but he eventually dies by the hand of Darkseid and his ring goes off to someone else. Now, this ring is important because it will eventually go on to the hand of Hal Jordan and then Jon Stewart, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz. Yeah, there's a lot of Green Lanterns in our sector when there's only supposed to be two. Um, but yeah, so we get a Green Lantern in the film, but it's not anyone that we all know. I think so, there's two, right? There is two. We'll get to that. Okay. We will get to that. And I, I really liked that invasion scene, but again, I did too. it, it was, was like, after a while, I was like, come on, go back to the story. <laughs> yeah, it was which, very long. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, this, and that, and that whole thing was another um, alternate scene between Bruce and Diana. In the weed and cut, it was them walking around, quote unquote, Wayne Manor uh, on the lake or on the river or whatever. And in here, they're in Bruce's warehouse that he paid millions of dollars for for the security system, and Diana got past it within a minute. Um, so that that's different. Uh, then we, I think then that's the end of chapter two. Get to chapter three. We get the introduction of Barry Allen. We see his speed. He saves Iris West from her car. He gets some sausages for the job that he is interviewing for which is a uh, dog handler and that scene dragged on too long yeah mostly just because of like it 90 percent of it was just slow motion again. yeah and if if the flash tv show has showed us anything it's that you can do slow-mo but you can do it you could do it you can better. do it slow mo better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bane wins. Yeah, um. it was. Uh, it was. It definitely dragged on. Mm-hmm. It was um, a funny scene though. Like at the end, um, with the like dogs. The, yeah, it was a good scene. It just everything in the middle of him. I mean, he's he's basically saving somebody from a car that just hit a truck. That and, the truck hit the dog, or not hit the dog. Hit the that the truck hit the car. Car flipped. It yeah. Exploded. And then he disappears. And it took, and that entire thing that takes place in like of of not, not even like a nanosecond somehow took like three, four minutes mm-hmm. of just watching every. I get like this is how like he can, you know, he's so fast that he can like it's almost like time is slowed down around him and he can like, oh, here's a hot dog that's falling out of the sky, and I'm gonna put her down here and stuff, and then I'm gonna speed off. And it's like you could do that at even half speed if you wanted to you yeah. know like it it really really kind of dragged on but uh this the the actress who plays iris west will be back in the flash movie so there's some continuation going on there which is nice i mean she was cut from she was cut from the whedon cut <laughs> so it's nice well to yeah know. he probably said like you gotta like show your tits or something and she said no so he's like all right you're out then no so. it's it's mainly because that she was a person of color. Ed Whedon does not like people of color, apparently. That in DC. Is that really why? No. I mean, that there's there's a whole thing going on between Ray Fisher 
and Joss yeah, Whedon and Joss and, Whedon, yeah, yeah. It's that the reason why there wasn't so many cyborg scenes in the Whedon cut is because to to Ray to Ray Fisher's the, uh, side that is that uh, that Whedon was just unruly and did not work well with people of color. Oh yeah, I think we talked about that on one episode because I was like, yeah. I don't know if like I I, I yeah because I think I was said like don't get me wrong I think Ween's kind of a piece of shit, um, and a lot has come out about him, mm-hmm. um, but I always thought it was more with women than it was. I never really saw him as a racist. I mean, I guess I don't fucking know the guy, so yeah. I, that could be what it was. Um, you know, he did butcher Cyborg's arc, and and she wasn't in the movie at all, so I guess that could be, uh, that could definitely be the case, but yeah. um. But, I mean, speaking of Cyborg, we get his origin. Uh, we get the football flashback, which was in many of the early trailers. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, uh, to my surprise, um, Victor is playing, Victor and Gotham City University is playing against the Wisconsin Badgers, which I was very surprised about. And I had to look up because this is not the first time Wisconsin has been in one of Zack Snyder's movies. It's the second time from what I know. Because the first time was Dawn of the Dead, his remake. Uh, that was set in Milwaukee. Which it's, clearly was not Milwaukee. Are you kidding me? That was the that was the best looking Milwaukee I've ever seen. It looked like Idaho. Yeah. Well. It made no sense. But no. <laughs> but Zack it's Snyder. It's a great was, movie though. Yeah. It, definitely. I would recommend it. Uh, Zack Snyder was born in Green Bay. So it's nice it's nice seeing directors pay homage to their home state yeah but it would have been more immersive if that had been like like you said metropolis like it, it was gotham been. city versus metropolis like why why are you doing wisconsin like that kind of that breaks the uh the illusion a little bit i i like i like the like the little nod that he did there mm-hmm. um because then i'm like all right so it's wisconsin versus gotham city like okay well what state is gotham city in uh it's it's supposed to be like the like at least in this universe uh like metropolis was like chicago and or sorry in the, in the normal dc universe metropolis is like the chicago and gotham is like new york mm-hmm. here metropolis and gotham are divided by a bay so it's it's interesting I, I don't really, I don't really know where. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is like they never really say what state either mm-hmm. of these are in, which is fine. But then when you have like a, a football team playing against a real state, uh, then it's like, okay, well, what state is Gotham in? You know, yeah. like it's a, and it's not a big deal. It's not like like just be careful when you guys watch this, you're gonna get triggered when you see yeah. Wisconsin Badgers. Um, but it's something that took me out of it a little and I wasn't paying attention to the scene as much because I was like, that's just so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I started thinking about like, uh, like, so what state are these all now? I need to know like the geographical locations of every fucking DC property. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so like you- Florida versus Florida state happens yep. all the time in college sports. Yeah. But Florida and Florida state, not like Miami versus Florida state or Miami versus, uh, wisconsin you know and and maybe that isn't football because i don't know a goddamn thing about football i try to keep it that way but i it just it seemed weird and and if it had been in any other movie or something i would have noticed it but knowing like gotham is not real and wisconsin is it just would have made more sense to me to be like uh 
yeah, Metropolis or Star City even. Yeah. You know, Star City versus Gotham City. Like, why would you use Wisconsin in that? I don't know. I just thought it was weird. But yeah, it's it, it, it all just boils down to him being like, oh, no, I like I like Wisconsin. I'm just going to put it in there, which is fine. Um, I'm sure they had to get the rights for something, but he's got money. He can do it. He apparently, uh, so a little bit of tidbit, he, the studio told him not to shoot any new scenes for his cut. And Zach was like, yeah, okay. No, I'm still going to do it. Now he didn't, he only shot one new scene though, right? One or two. Um, one or I thought. I thought a handful. I, I do not know. I, I could not tell in this movie what was what what was shot new, except for except for the end, for the end stuff, the very end. That stuff is new. And I think that's the only thing he shot. There might have been one or two things sprinkled within, but from what mm-hmm. I understand, he like he what he added that was like newly shot was very very small, like literally like one scene maybe. Yeah. Um, that from what I understand, and there could have been like they might have had to do like a couple of reshoots, but mm-hmm. it would have been of the same scene. I, I believe I was wrong about the Zeus thing, so I could be wrong about this, but um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that he only shot like one new one. Okay. Well, yeah, one or two, because I mean we'll and then we'll 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 get to it, but I mean the nightmare scene and the final scene were yeah. brand new to this. Um so after after cyborg's origin story we get um henry allen which is barry's dad and then bruce in so we get harry and bruce henry and bruce in jail then we get bruce and barry in barry's loft you mean henry and barry in jail that yes Did I? and then barry no you said harry henry and bruce oh well it doesn't matter henry henry Barry goes to meet his dad, Henry, in jail. His dad's like, stop wasting your time trying to do something with your life and just do something else with your life because you could be anything or whatever. And then he and, keeps talking after he hangs up the phone and Barry can still hear him. Yeah, it was a little weird. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then you get that same Bruce scene where uh, he meets uh, Barry Allen, which uh, was pretty much untouched, which is it, fine. It pretty much it, was. It, the... Except for like the the again slow mo scene slow mo scene, it lasted a little. It lasted like maybe one or two seconds longer than the Whedon cut, mm-hmm. but it wasn't too much. That that was like one scene that I'm like, oh, all right. So this was something that Zach originally shot. Cool. Yeah. Nice to know. Um, and then we get an alternate an alternate take on the first uh, meeting between Diana and Cyborg, both in the Bat Bunker and out in Gotham. Um, we see we see Cyborg flying in instead of just appearing out of nowhere. So that's nice. We get Diana saying, you know, you should use these gifts to help people. And he's just like, I, who would want to use these gifts? Blah, blah, blah. I'm a monster. Which, at that point, He's not wrong. He's a monster. Yeah, he has to learn to use them. He's just ahead of the curve. And the extended Atlantean fight, I don't remember that. Was it? It's so. Oh, with um, with Steppenwolf and with Steppenwolf, Arthur and then in the be- and Mira. In, in yes, in the the beginning of that of that scene, um, Mira opens a bubble 
and talks, which was changed. <laughs> I'm so glad James Wan, like when he when this movie originally came out, the Weeding Cut, James Wan was like, Yeah, that's not how we do it in my film. <laughs> Everyone could talk underwater. Yeah. So it's like that made a lot more sense in James Wan version than <laughs> than in both Snyder and Whedon's cut. I wish they I wish they would have all like talked to each other been like okay so this is what i want to do in my film i think that you should continue on with this yeah there's another franchise i could think of where they should have actually had a plan before they made three new movies that are all tonally inconsistent and what was that transformers episode seven eight and nine um anyway i mean you're not wrong there but hey, people are going to forgive him like like so many people. And that's funny, too, because I've, I've heard people on Twitter being like the same people who are like, uh, I don't know why people hate Last Jedi. They would trash <laughs> that. They'd be like, so now all of a sudden they can uh, they can talk underwater. And I'm like, oh, so if uh, it's totally inconsistent, in a Star Wars movie, it's fine. But if it's this just because it's easy to shit on DC, then it's like, well, that's an issue. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm just saying don't pick and choose. Right. I um, no, and I, I completely agree. I think what in the hell? Um, I they they should have talked to to the directors and oh excuse me. Yeah, but at that point, Snyder was already on his way out. Warner Brothers was butchering the Snyder cut. Like I feel like they were just trying to cover their losses once they brought Whedon in. And uh, and they were like, you know, and James Wan is like, I'm doing it differently. And I don't think they gave a shit. They're like, fine. It makes more sense that way. And yeah, and and whatever, you know, but it that's you know, it's one of the problems you run into when you try to rush a franchise to keep up with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just kind of is what it is now. Like WB's dropped the ball so many times with uh, with this property that it's uh, it's sad. They should have just let Snyder do what he wanted to do from the beginning. And I think yeah. people and we'll get to this near the end, I think. But um, I think the the tone and the overarching stories are gonna would make a lot more sense if they had just let Snyder do what he wanted and let people complain about Batman v Superman um, until this you know until this version comes out and and then I think things would have made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, Jason, yes, you can't talk without air in your lungs. Am I wrong? Do Do you want me? Do you want me to get to technical or what? Well, no, that's true. You can't. You can't. But you talk. also can't. You can't make air bubbles around you to, to yeah. be able to talk underwater. So I mean, they're they're Atlantean. They're supposed to be able to talk underwater. But yeah, also water is. They talk to fish for Christ's sake. I hear you talk to fish, which was not. Um, the yeah, film. they took that out. Mm. So that is essentially the end of chapter three. Then right. Yep, and then chapter four is. The first appearance of Batman since the beginning of the film. So we're talking over an hour in, I believe. Almost two hours into the film. Almost two. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. It's, I clocked it at an hour and 51 minutes. Now, oh, yeah. Seen... I see that. You had yeah. that in the notes. For one, for some reason, I was like one minute, 51 seconds. I don't know what made me think that. but I, I don't know why I did 151. I don't know. No, it um... makes sense. Um <laughs> But yeah, the, it and it's the it's the scene between uh, so basically it's the first scene where the league is together with Jim Gordon on top of GCPD, which stayed relatively the same. Um, 
when Cyborg came in, it was a little different. The drawing of the Parademon was different. Uh, there was some added um, dialogue, but other than that, it 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 was almost the same. Uh, the whole oh, I they really did that, huh? Just leave without leave without me, huh? And then fire off. I'm like, okay, that is funny. Oh, we the flash. Turn. Yeah, at the end of that, we, yeah. Yeah, we Snyder. There, there is humor still in this film. It's just not an all around. Oh, I make a joke it's every five minutes. It's not forced every yeah. Um, and then we get to the first big battle with Steppenwolf and the League. Uh, a little different than than the weeding cut. We get uh, Cyborg saving his dad. Uh, we get. Uh, alternate looks on Wonder Woman's fights. Uh, Barry, the 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 chat between Barry and Batman about saving one person and then you'll know how it feels is out of the movie, which I know you you enjoyed you liked that because it showed that because he was that Barry was still new to this that he didn't know what it was like to save someone. Right. Not only right. that, yeah, I did like that in the Whedon cut. Uh, that wasn't the only reason. It was, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the first time you see him, at least in Whedon's version, that's the first time you see him dealing with the fact that he's not just kind of helping stop petty crimes and stuff. He's sort of in a fight for the world and he's kind of freaking out. He's a kid, you know, he's not used to having to do this. And it shows that Batman for his cranky and grumpy, you know, and gruff that he can be, he's he's a, like a mentor to Barry and he's kind of helping him figure out like here's how you do this um I was I'm not gonna lie I was a little bummed that was one thing I thought was was a very strong little exchange in the Whedon cut um yeah so yeah it was it was a bummer to see that gone um but again I try to look at it also from what if I had never seen the Whedon cut you know, I would have never been like, you know, I wish Batman was more of a mentor. You know, it's just because mm-hmm. I had that little taste um, and uh, it it was it was kind of like a nice. A, a nice little character building thing that I wish they had kept in. Yeah. And uh, I, I like how you mentioned Batman being a mentor. I mean, we're going to get some of that in the Flash movie, which is now going to be Ben's last as of right now, his last yeah. foray as. <laughs> Ether Spencer, <laughs> Florida Spencer, <laughs> is has now entered the chat. Uh, I'm pretty sure I told you that I was doing this before, Spencer, but it's all good. Glad you're here. Um, what was I saying? Nick, help me. What was I saying? <laughs> Batman is a mentor. Oh, Batman is a mentor. Yes. Uh, so yes, it's going to be ba- uh, Ben Affleck's last foray as Batman in at least the DCEU. Now, possibly there's, possibly there's always there's those rumors about um ben affleck's solo batman film that was supposed to take place in arkham uh, that dealt with deathstroke and by the end of this movie boy i i mean i want it i don't know about you but uh, oh oh well i mean i think and we talked about this in the last episode i think um the, the some of the plans that they had for, for Joe, yeah, Joe Marmalade, Maggie, uh, he <laughs> was 
he was going to have an origin movie directed by um, the director of the raid movies. Okay. Um, which I mean, would have been imagine the fight scenes from the raid, which I mm-hmm. still maintain are the best fight scenes in any movie I've ever seen. Oh, they are. Um, but with Deathstroke, like, you know, with a, with a anti-hero, I don't know, anti-hero slash villain. Um, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> and Sophia Vigara lover. <laughs> and the, the Batman movie too. Yeah. The, you know, like taking place all in Arkham would have been amazing. Uh, Deathstroke knowing, well, I don't want to spoil that yet. We'll get to that in yeah. a little bit, but, um, and this movie set that up way better than Joss Whedon's did. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think it's any, it's not by chance that all of this information is all of a sudden coming out um, on the cusp of uh, Snyder's version, because I think they're trying to tell people like we had a roadmap, like we had a plan and there are a lot of great ideas. There's so much that DC just kind of has sitting on the back burner right now. The Batman took way longer to shoot than anyone thought it would. Um, And don't get me wrong. I cannot fucking wait. I've never been more excited for a Batman movie. I don't think Um, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, um, uh, Dark Knight Rises, I was pretty excited for, but this one looks like it's going to be phenomenal. Oh, yes. um, but they're all kind of like juggling what to do right now. Um, um, the the uh, Wonder Woman uh, eighty four mm-hmm. didn't do well. Um, the so so it's like we're still doing Aquaman too. We have a new Batman. Like now they have so many like things left untied. It's like you have kind of a, you have a way out. Just have the Snyderverse on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. People clearly want it. The The response to the Snyder Cut has been overall positive. Um, I think that they should just do that. And I think they could get pretty much all of them to come back. Ben Affleck said he was never coming back. Yeah. Until he was like, okay, well, maybe for a couple of things for uh, the Snyder Cut. Okay, maybe for the Flash movie. It's like, they're kind of building up momentum again. And I hope that doesn't go away because with how this movie ends, um, it, it feels, it feels like a DC comic, the whole, the whole fucking thing, you know? So, but we obviously will get into that in a little bit. We still have what another fucking two chapters to go through here. So really quick, I, you did mention like how everyone wants it. And I'm going to tell you the, like the rotten tomatoes, uh, score sure and score. and spencer yeah i it what and yeah it wasn't overall positive um some people i'm not gonna lie spencer so one of the issues i had with some of the reviewers that said it's a, a lot of the reviewers said it's not any better than the original whedon cut it doesn't add anything and it's like first of all this movie is twice as long mm-hmm. and i don't think you were in here spencer but what i was saying to kyle earlier was it didn't feel like a four hour movie. It felt like two and a half, two hours because every single thing they added, every piece of backstory, not only gave motivations to every single character, but explained the world overall. It explained some of the things that happened in Batman V Superman. Um, and it, it, it really kind of tickles the taint at the idea of a much, much broader, much bigger uh, DC universe, cinematic universe. So I think those reviews, uh, those are the only ones where I think they're wrong. I don't have any problem with anyone who's like, this is way too long. And, you know, if you if there were things you didn't like in the original cut that Snyder shot, you're probably not going to like this one anymore. Um, but I, I thought it, it added a lot to everything. 
Yeah. So the the tomato meter for Rotten Tomatoes, and I I don't like Rotten Tomatoes all that well, but it's this is a good gauge of just this. Make your own opinions of whatever film that you're seeing. We do it all the time. We're we're here to tell you what tell you our thoughts. But Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming in at a 74%. How do I call into your show? I have to set that up. So put that on the back burner. That is something that I have to set up for much later. Um, Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming in at a 74%, whereas the original whereas the Whedon cut is coming in at 40%. So that is a, a well 34% increase. The audience score for for both of them 90 96% for Snyder's and 71 for Whedon. Already it is it is financially if this was out in theaters for everyone to see not on HBO and stuff like that I think this movie and we're not in and if it wasn't in a pandemic if we're not in a pandemic this movie would be definitely have been made a lot more than the original uh version i don't know if that's true you don't think it would you don't think it would have made more no uh honestly i think it may have even made less um because that's why studios never make four-hour movies okay um because one the response from even man of steel man of steel and batman v superman um, you know, it was better for uh, Man of Steel, but it's still underperformed. Um, I think Batman v Superman performed extremely well, but the but the critics tore it apart. A lot of fans tore it apart. There is no way in hell that Warner Brothers ever would have taken Snyder's four hour cut and felt confident in sending that to theaters because mm-hmm. even an Avengers movie isn't going to do as good at the box office if it's twice as long as any other Avengers movie. Well, uh, no one wants to sit through a four-hour movie. Well, I mean, Endgame came in at three hours, and that made well. That's that's different, though. That was building up from years and years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anybody would have sat through that in a theater. With how shaky um, the the Snyderverse was to begin with, um, there WB never would have taken a chance. And I honestly think they would have been right to not take that chance. Um, just because they're like, you know, people are already pissed about the other two. They're not going to want to see this one as much. And even if they did, the ones who do, are they going to sit through a four-hour movie? Um, four-hour movies cut into available time slots for ticket sales. There's just less times you can show a movie that long. That Well, yeah, no, and that's true. Like, you can't, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you can't do that. I mean, Kyle, you and I saw the first two Avengers back-to-back yeah. in theaters. Um, I know that some theaters were doing... Uh, um, the extended Lord of the Rings. So it, it, it can be done. It's just a lot of studios don't want to take that chance of sending people to go see a four hour movie mm-hmm. when, you know, when it's like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, sit here and sit here through all this. I've, I've done it a few times. Even I don't like going to see a four hour movie. That's most, I mean, Irishman, no studios wanted it really. Cause they're like, this is fucking like, look how long this is. That's why I went to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think it'd be interesting to let Snyder again, do what he wants to do with this, put it on HBO. If you make every justice league movie four hours long and you set it up structurally like this, where it's, you know, like six chapters or whatever, 
that I like you one, you're doing something different than Marvel, which is what I love about DC. And two, you don't have to worry about ticket prices or anything because people will watch it because you can pause at any time. That's what made Irishman so great on uh, Netflix. And that's why this one works so well. Now you and I didn't pause at all, Kyle, um, because we had to, we, you know, we didn't want to try to like sync up our times or anything. Uh, But one got, we got pretty good with our syncing of times. Yeah. It was like, it was like a, a second or two. We were, one of us was ahead, but we, we were pretty spot on too. When yeah. We watched it. So that's, that's the thing is the second time I watched it, I paused. I mean, you didn't even finish it the same night, you know, you no. paused and then you picked it up again. You can do that with, with HBO. You can't do that with, um, with, uh, with it, your with standard theater. theater. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how they're going to reconcile the two different cyborgs between justice league and doom patrol. I could tell you how multiverse. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, that's what i'm thinking they're gonna do with pattinson right i mean he's yeah uh, well yeah because you were saying he's on earth he's on earth too which we 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 did talk about last uh last episode but that's all muddled yeah it's and i mean even in this film they made mention of the multiverse so this was this was all before um set in stone before cw's big crisis on infinite earths where they destroyed the multiverse but so we have one more thing to talk about in chapter four. Then we get to the big chapter five and six uh, is that the uh, we have an alternate uh, Martha and Lois. Um, so uh, Jason says, do you think that the, that the new format you mentioned, Nick, was one of the reasons that WB got on board? 120 percent. Um they yeah. never there's they never would have even if so let's say things went exactly like they had been um you know and we got the snyder cut uh there's no way wb ever would have released it if it weren't for hbo max mm-hmm. um and and you never hear of stuff like that happening one that's that's wb literally admitting we fucked up horribly two they they put another 30 million into the snyder cut uh, just so Zack Snyder could finish it. And I don't, there's no way they, I, I don't know if they would have made 30 million back in the theater asking people to go see another version of a movie that already got bombarded, but now directed by the guy who WB was worried about to begin with, you know, like the reason that they felt that they were in this predicament, there's no way they would have ever put it in theaters. And I think the fact that it's doing so well on HBO max and at least the, the, uh, the viewer reviews or, you know, from the fans is, is pretty positive. Um, I think that a lot of things just fell into place at the right time and it, it worked out perfectly. So um, yeah, that's definitely why they got on board was because of HBO max. Oh boy. Okay. When, when we get to this, I, this is something that's apparently breaking here. Um, But when we get to it, I will, I'll explain it. Uh, So, okay. Uh, there's a there's an alternate Martha and Lois scene uh, in the Whedon cut. Uh, Lois and Martha are at the Daily Planet, and they're talking about you know like their wedding. Martha Martha makes mention of how Lois is the thirstiest uh, uh, reporter out there, and then she changes her mind. <laughs> Thirsty, um, yeah. <laughs> but in but in. Uh, Snyder's cut uh we find out so Martha 
goes and tells Lois that, you know, go back to the planet, go, go where you're needed. He would, he wouldn't want you to, you know, be a whiny little bitch this whole movie. Cause that's basically what she was. And it, that's not Lois. Yeah. Lois Lane sitting in her apartment, sniffing Superman's cape, listening to Billie Eilish, crying to herself going, she's just so deep and people don't understand. Um, but as soon as Martha leaves her apartment, you see her eyes glow red. Yes, I I will agree. I, I do agree. The female writing was not great. It And actually, they almost do Lois a little worse in this version, because at mm-hmm. least in the original, from what I remember, she hadn't stopped writing for the Daily Planet. She was just doing fluff pieces. Correct. So she was still going to work and stuff. And in this one, they're just like, she's sad. And now she's. And, and that's, and that, and, and I get, and I get that she was, she's depressed about Clark there. You don't. When, when you're depressed, you don't want to do anything. I get that. I understand that. But this is Lois Lane. She yeah. would, she would be out there writing the stories and getting shit done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The leading ladies are crying over dead boyfriends, the boy dead BFs. The boys all have mommy issues. That's why I like this world. That is correct. That is so correct. <laughs> it's 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 sad but true. I mean, yeah. I mean it really wasn't in here, but I mean really sick of that narrative with Wonder Woman. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, Bruce wasn't crying over his mother this movie. Well, and that's and that's one of the things that ruined Wonder Woman 84 was I don't need to see Wonder Woman sitting here crying over someone who died 40 years ago still. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I get it. I get it. You know, it, it's 100 percent like you can be sad about it and stuff. But the fact that she was still so sad about this guy who uh, and again, when he died in, in Wonder Woman, um, it was really sad. And I. I, I love the first Wonder Woman. I thought that movie is one of, it's still one of the best um, uh, DC uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very emotional. And I don't understand what happened with Wonder Woman 84, um, especially since, since Wonder Woman is such a, she's a strong woman. That's the whole point. And she's sitting here and, and literally wishing for him to be brought back. Like, are you stupid? You know? And then the way that they did it in that movie was it, it, there were a few things I really liked. Um, Pedro Pascal is uh, Maxwell Lord yep. was, I thought he was phenomenal and I liked that character a lot. And I thought he did a really great job with it. Um, and his little arc too, with his son and everything. I, I actually thought he was a good villain. Um, but that was one of the only things I liked about that movie. The rest of it was just weak as fuck. I feel yeah. like if this came out in 2017, I would be okay with it, but coming off the scene, Wonder Woman 84 is last DC movie. It was too much. Yeah. Um, that one, that one kind of really shit the bed. That's what happens when like with Patty Jenkins, um, same thing happened with cyberpunk, you know, at CD project red, you, you get some hits and you're doing really good and you're not thinking that you can lose it. If you're not as hungry as you were for the last thing that you proved yourself with. And I feel like they got a little lazy and they weren't as hungry with this one. That was my same issue with dark Knight rises. Like the plot holes were more apparent just because I feel like they were like, eh, no one's going to care. We're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's getting off topic. So I'm sorry, Kyle. So yeah, this scene with. Um... So, so Martha <laughs> fucking friend zone, Bane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes. Yes. 
she is my I am her protector. <laughs> we didn't use protection. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Martha, her eyes glow red and she shifts into Martian Manhunter. Now, Nick, last week you had mentioned, you know, Unite the Seven. This is number seven. <laughs> it makes much more sense. It does. They still shouldn't have said Unite the Seven in all the promotional material if they only had him planned for a little bit of a spoiler, two quick scenes. Yeah. Like, and if you put those two scenes together, I don't even know if it's a full minute of Marsha. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? Why'd um, you say that name? I don't even know if he had a full minute of screen time, maybe like a minute and a half. Like, I, that's, yeah, I'd say a minute and a half. So now th this is what I mean when I say, okay, so I think he shot three <laughs> new things. One was the, um, that with Lois and, uh, I'm sorry, with, uh, with uh, uh, Martha becoming Martian Manhunter in that hallway. So the CG, the CG is new. Yeah. Well, I think that whole scene was new. Um, and then the end, the second time you see Martian Manhunter, obviously that's a new scene mm -hmm. and the nightmare verse. I think those are the only three things that he shot that are new. Um, and cause I think he said even at one point, like when you boil it down, it's like not even 12, it's about 12 minutes of new footage yeah. and people are like, what? But they thought that meant like, they're like, how's it four hours long? Then what that means is all the shit that got, you know, butchered from his version was going back in. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he even had to remake the movie to make it good. It was good to begin with. They just completely butchered it. So, yeah. All right. So chapters five and six, uh, I combined this because I forgot when chapter six started. So fair. Yeah. Uh, we have an alternate Clark retrieval scene. Uh, we, again, I think I talked about this earlier. This is like um, team building exercise. Uh, we go into, <laughs> we go in, into the cemetery. We get Clark's body from, from there and take it back to uh, star labs so that we can, you know, resurrect him. Uh, we also get a better explanation of Barry's time jump um, as to why he go if he goes so f if he goes faster than the speed of light he starts messing with time and every speedster knows you don't want to mess with time. Uh, we also this is where Kilowog comes in. Um, Cyborg gets a like premonition of basically the nightmare verse. Um, of what would happen when the unity or dark side comes to earth we get we get a dead kilowog we get uh, a dead wonder woman we don't see what happens to aquaman but we can assume he's dead and then we see superman holding the cowl of batman uh the superman fight was different uh we see flash um basically running from superman instead of tripping on himself for the second time Seeing him trip once was was enough. Yeah, we don't need it again. Um, and why, in God's name, was the military shooting at Superman? I mean, I understand that it's like, oh, we see someone flying in the air. He must be evil. No, it's Superman. Don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get, I get that they didn't know that. One, mm -hmm. they everyone thinks he's dead, and this guy just came out of nowhere. So they're like a little like, oh, this doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, they've had problems with people like this in the past. And if he's not giving them any indication, 
you know, before he does anything, they might try to, you know, do something like that. It, it, yeah, it was a little weird, but I didn't, I didn't mind that too much. Yeah. And then also a, a difference in between the Whedon and Snyder cut is that Silas Stone, uh, Victor Stone's father, um, sacrifices himself to uh, superheat the mother box so that they can track it compared to in the weeding cut he lives he helps cyborg like redo his whole outer body um so i it it led more to cyborg's character well and before you yeah and i want you to keep kind of talking through this these chapters because there there are other things in this chapter that are different from the weeding cut that help make more sense yes. of mo- yeah of motivations for these characters in in all three um in all three kind of of the of the Snyder trilogy throughout all of them the, these decisions kind of make mm-hmm. a little more sense so well and also i mean batman is completely changed that's what i wanted you to get to yeah batman is changed by the end of this movie he they so they finally get the uh, troop carrier I forget what they actually end up calling it. They get so Cyborg gets that up and running, and Batman basically goes to Alfred. He's like, you know, Superman is going to show up. I just know it. How do you know this, Master Bruce? Faith, Alfred. Faith. He's a much he's a much happier person. He's um, well, and he's also now. Here's the thing, and you and I talked about this after we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's th- the thing that I think makes this movie so special. It redeems the things that have happened in Batman v Superman, um, especially like with this Batman. It, everybody was super, super pissed that Batman was killing people in Batman v Superman, myself included. At the time, I was like, why? Like, this is just I get it, Snyder. You're very dark, you know, um, but this isn't the Batman we know. What people are forgetting is, and I almost don't want to talk about this yet because it'll be mentioned again near the end, but what you kind of uncovered throughout, especially this movie, is Batman has been broken ever since he let Robin die, ever since the Joker killed Robin. Mm-hmm. Once that happened, he didn't give a shit anymore. He, he didn't care if somebody died. He didn't care if he branded someone and they went to jail and that's like a death sentence he was a more jaded and a much darker Batman because of what happened to um, Jason Todd. And, and you can even see that in Batman v Superman, you know, when he's staring at the suit and he's like, you know, 10 years we've been doing this and how, you know, how many, like nothing changes. And so he's, he's more bitter, he's more broken and he's darker. He's in a very dark place. What this movie does is show, and then, you know, and then he meets Superman. He wants to fucking kill this guy because, you know, if there's a 1% chance, I was the bomb in Phantoms. Uh, If there's, and then he realized that he was wrong about Superman. So a lot of this version and in Whedon's version too of Justice League is him trying to right those wrongs. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to have hope again. He's starting to to and he even says that you know he's like this is the first time i'm not thinking logically like cold calculated and i'm just like trying to have hope i'm i'm trying to like you know um to i'm trying to yeah yeah hope faith like he's talking about all this and he talks with uh with with alfred about it a few times you know saying i have faith um 
a little more lighthearted as the movie goes on. And he talks about this mostly with Alfred, who knows him best, who knows that he was becoming a lot darker. He was kind of going down a darker path. And this movie, you see him coming out of that. So there is an arc there. And again, Kyle, like I told you a few nights ago, the big problem with Batman v Superman, although, like I said, I, I don't mind that he was killing in Batman v Superman. Now I get it. The problem is, Snyder never set again because they're trying to catch up to Marvel. Snyder, uh oh, oh, that was me. Go on. <laughs> because of Marvel, <laughs> because our because again, uh, DC is trying to catch up to Marvel. They bypassed all of this interesting stuff that has happened to this Batman to show you the end result. Mm-hmm. So you don't see Jason Todd's death. You don't see what made him turn into this Batman. And I think that the plan then was to kind of, okay, now that we're caught up to Marvel, we can go back and fill some of that in. Really dumb idea, obviously. Um, So that was all more revealed in this version. And again, Batman has an uh, an actual arc in this one. So I I love that new stuff they added with Batman. Um, And again, I believe this is right around where... um, uh, you know, and again, and, and they do the same. I'm sorry. They do the same for Cyborg. He's not mm-hmm. just some moody character. He has an arc. He's mad at his dad for basically bringing him back to life, making him a monster. He was already mad at his dad for being an absent father. And now he sees his dad's death. And he you see near the end, like his dad is starting to understand him and vice versa. He's understanding himself and the powers that his dad has kind of given him. And then he sacrifices himself, the uh, Silas, so that they can heat up the mother box and and basically track it and that's where you start seeing cyborg you know like like i'm not gonna let my dad die for nothing like he he starts to realize he's not broken he's not a monster you never got that in the original cut so this entire movie gives um motivations for all of them and the last one was aquaman talking to barry allen about how you know he feels bad for cyborg because he just lost his father and you know and Aquaman says, or uh, Flash says something like, I thought you didn't care about any of us. And Aquaman says, I never said that. And just that little exchange gives Aquaman more, you know, like he is becoming a part of these people. He does want to help protect. Like you see them change throughout this entire movie. They're not just hodgepodge cobbled together and, you know, thrown out to fight some CG monster that's just there because he wants some boxes. Yeah. So <laughs> he wants some boxes. Um, but so, so the thing I was going to say before when we got to it, I mean, so Zack Snyder confirms that Lois Lane is pregnant in the Snyder cut. Yep. Why? <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I think it makes sense. It, it does. But I, I, the, the whole ring, her having the ring on made more, makes more sense for me than about her being pregnant. It, cause it, because Here's, okay. it wasn't said in the film, I don't care. Like, if, if Lois was like, hey, you know, outright said it, then I'd care some more. But after the fact, eh. Well, here's the thing. One, he doesn't know if he's going to be getting another movie to right. explain it. I'm sure that's something that would have been explained in another one. Mm-hmm. Two, the reason they didn't explain it in this one is because there's really no reason to. But they allude to it. That was a new thing that was added. Uh, of her opening her drawer and in that drawer you can see pregnancy tests yes now that's right we we mentioned that while we were on zoom yeah about that i'm an idiot now here's the thing 
Yeah. If the Joker killed kills Lois or if somebody kills Lois, you know, mm-hmm. the whole nightmare universe is kind of set up around the fact that Superman becomes bad because of the death of Lois Lane. I think yeah. it is much more because, you know, that fanboys are gonna be like, oh, so he loses his girlfriend and just becomes a bad guy. Oh, mm-hmm. what if he loses his wife who is pregnant with his baby? You know what I mean? That yeah. makes it much more like then I could it's much more realistic that Superman's going to turn bad or blame the Justice League for what happened. Um, so I like that they added that because I feel like that was a little bit of a a spark to kind of be like, this is kind of the catalyst of what could make the nightmare universe become what it is. Yeah, definitely. So. So, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it and talk about it, it makes a lot more sense. I forgot about the pregnancy test that that was in the drawer. Yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, so we talk about the hopeful Batman and much different Batman, Superman down to black cape, black suit, uh, much like in uh, Death and Return of Superman. He comes back with the black suit. It makes sense to me. I would, if I was making a, a movie that had ties to the death and return of Superman, you're damn right. I'm going to put him in the black suit. I don't care what all you haters have to say. Screw you. I liked it, but I had a couple of issues with it at the same time. One, go on. That's all anyone has been talking about is the black suit. So by the time you see it, you feel like you've seen all of Superman in the black suit that there is, you know, it's, it's not as special when it's really been covered in, in TV spots and trailers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, I wish they had mentioned how this suit is kind of helping him restore his powers, you know, now that he's kind of back. Like, you know, it, it, you, it, that black suit. And I think I asked you this, Kyle, because I remember this from the death of Superman. That suit is used to kind of harness the sun's power a little more while he's recovering from being brought back. Correct. Um, and in this version, in, in the Snyderverse version, you know, there's a ton of other suits on that ship you see them mm-hmm. um one was an even much more like almost classic looking suit like i don't know if you noticed that one of the red and uh, blue ones was very vibrant not like the other snyder suits uh mm. this was much more classic and i it just made me wonder like are they going to mention why he put this like they never explain it um and again i don't need an explanation like we kind of know why yeah um but i feel like it would have made a little more sense if they had mentioned that at some point like this is why he's putting it on if you don't explain it all especially to people who don't know what the purpose of that suit is it's kind of like he's putting a black suit on does that mean he's bad now <laughs> you know yeah it, it's again it is unfortunately it is it is for the comic book readers to know that okay we we understand that he he did wear this in the comics this is this is for you guys it's it's right. to show that yeah it's a ties to death and return of Superman. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I sure. It. Uh, but so the, the whole Russian fight with the, with everything different than in the weeding cut, you're not, you're not having the, the Russian family there at all. That is completely taken out of the, from the weeding cut, which you and me mentioned. And I had, and I had, not known that before but but i did like seeing i mean i like seeing flash and superman save people from that area 
it it's something that Superman would have done. But I mean, if there's no one there to save, then why do it? I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so let me see. Barry runs around try to get up enough uh, electrical energy to help Cyborg disconnect the mother boxes from themselves. Uh, that doesn't happen in time, which I think is funny because it's the Flash, and he's always making jokes about how he's always late. So this is perfect. He also got shot, so that makes sense too. Uh, we see the unity happen. It completely destroys the area around them, but Barry goes into the speed force, uh, stops time basically, and then reverses it to the moment where Cyborg needs the help to get rid of the to get rid of the mother boxes to make him inert. Uh, we see Superman just beat the crap out of Steppenwolf along Steppenwolf along with Arthur and Diana and Diana kills her second person in this film by decapitating Steppenwolf oh it's better than that though that I mean that whole scene was amazing and Superman mm-hmm. coming in was good in both versions honestly yes, it I was. thought um better in this one more fleshed mm-hmm. out and the um the fact that the portal First of all, I love that Barry. So yeah, they did fail. Um, Dark side appears and Barry, like he does, even though he's not saving people mm-hmm. like, you know, in the, in the, um, in the Whedon version, just one random family living in an abandoned Russian city, which is fucking weird. Yeah. But uh, he didn't do that, but he literally saved the world at the end. He, like you say, he, he went back in time and got to cyborg to to basically stop that unity from happening Mm -hmm. when steppenwolf gets thrown back into the portal towards dark side having wonder woman cut his head off and then you know the body and the decapitated head land back Mm -hmm. on apocalypse is such a fuck you to dark (laughs) side and then and then the whole thing closes Mm -hmm. that was so much better in every way than what had happened in the in the Whedon cut. Oh, it was yeah. so it was just like clearly Whedon did, did not give a shit. He just wanted to get it done as fast as possible to get his pay to get his paycheck. Um I hope he never touches another not only another superhero movie or, or another DC movie but another uh, Marvel movie because I just I'm I'm kind of over don't. him now. <laughs> yeah. Uh he's not the old Joss anymore. Um so that that whole ending scene was much more epic, much more believable from like a, from a superhero, you know, uh, high stakes climax standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought it was just much better. It was one, I honestly thought it took it from being a lackluster, just CG mess to one of the best kind of, uh, uh, climaxes of a superhero movie. Maybe not the best, but I, it's up there. I thought it's, that was it's... so cool. It's better than than some of them out there. I will I will definitely give you that. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, Spencer. We're going to talk about that nightmare part in a, in a minute too, and uh, you might want to go back and rewatch that in the Batman v Superman one. But it doesn't. It's not going to like add anything or make sense of it for you. No, um, it's just kind of setting up what could happen uh, in the future, and I hope they explore that more. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but if if we or if Snyder gets to keep doing this, uh, hopefully it will. Right. Um. So now we get to the epilogue. I mean, as if this movie wasn't 
long enough, we get an epilogue. So we get an Aquaman movie set up. Uh, we get uh, Volko and Nick's favorite. Uh, and then basically Aquaman being like, I got to go visit my dad. Which is then what he leads into Aquaman. So maybe Amber could, Heard will die in the next one. Maybe. I mean, could could this scene? I mean, I could see this scene if it was. I don't even know if I wanted it. I I could have gone without this scene. Which one? The Aquaman scene. Yeah, it was fine. It was yeah. There was there really wasn't a reason for it. Um, yeah. But it was whatever. Mm-hmm. The the cyborg scene where he's shedding his clothes and he's just being him. I liked that because it showed that he wasn't afraid to be himself anymore. I liked it too, but it was funny watching his pants drop. I just feel like he was trying to show his parents, like, look at my dick. Look, um, at, my, look at my metal. My metal piece. Yes. My metal beaver buster. Uh, but he, it, it did, it, it did. It closed out his arc and it gave him like a, a hopeful future. Yep. Um, and he has grown in, in the four hours that you've seen him from being a moody <laughs> little bitch to like comfortable with who he is and what his abilities are and i thought that was great uh we get uh the bat signal turned on again and we get the dark knight returns bat take for all of five seconds and i don't care if it was five seconds that was awesome it was great to see but again that was one of those where i'm like you literally showed us the entirety of the tank in the in the trailer in the yeah so i was kind of like all right you know, yeah. like I was maybe hoping to was, see more, but maybe that was a new scene too. I, I feel like that was a new scene. I mean, it was all CG. It could have been, you yeah. know, it's not like they, you know, had to really put a lot of assets into it. So no, no. Um, uh, we get, I mean, there's a, there's a Diana scene where she's back at that Greek uh, place where the arrow was. And then she's just holding the arrow that scene what did you what did you take from it because honestly i could have i could go without that scene i get why they did it i mean it didn't add anything it didn't take anything away they just did it because they're showing that all the heroes are more hopeful you know you've got to see them all kind of back to living their normal lives Mm -hmm. um and that's you know her like reflecting on the events of what happened so like it's like a little montage thing it it didn't add anything it didn't detract from anything all right um and then so we then get an extended Luther Deathstroke scene on his little little yacht. We get a setup for basically the Deathstroke Batman movie that it might never might never happen. A lot more dialogue in that. A lot more dialogue, especially little yacht. Yeah, yeah, little. Who are you calling little? Uh, we we get. <laughs> I know it was all a joke. It had a fucking oh. pool on it. There was. Yeah, he's in the water. Why do you need a pool? Salt water, I get that. But still, you got free water right there. Uh, <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Don't Jesus Christ me. How dare you, sir? How dare all of you? Um, we basically get... <laughs> we get Luther telling the secret identity to Deathstroke of Batman, which... I was not expecting. Yeah, I didn't know it was Bruce Wayne. That's fucking nuts. I know. Like, holy crap. We just we just went through this whole film with Batman. And now you're telling me Batman's Bruce Wayne? I thought it was fucking Ben Affleck. Jesus. He was the um, bomb in Phantoms. Yeah, so they, they set that movie up. And I, how could people not want to see that? You I, know? I, 
I want to see it set in Arkham. Ba- basically, if it's a re, if it <laughs> doesn't matter, Alfred is the one in charge. You're right. He even said that that Bruce works for Alfred. I thought that was so, funny. Yeah. Um, G- give me an Arkham Arkham Asylum video game based movie. Yeah. With Ben Affleck and Joe Sofia Vergara guy. Um as those leads and I think you'll have a great time. Which then leads us to the first new scene that was filmed, which was <laughs> D&D Joe. Um was a new nightmare scene. Uh we see Gotham Metropolis don't know it's not really mentioned in in ruins because of dark side and everything did everything I, just die nope good i think it was uh metropolis i don't know why i feel like it maybe just because i don't know it, it i always assume that nightmares uh portions take place in metropolis but it makes sense uh so we get we first see batman then cyborg mira flash in his little get up that we see for the first time in BVS. And then we see Deathstroke. And then we hear laughter out there. And one of what I think I'm, and I feel like I'm going to get I, shit. For I this. agree. No, no, no. I, I agree. That is the coolest Joker laugh. Mm-hmm. It's cre- It sounds like he has like laugh cancer. And it, <laughs> that's it a weird sounds- way of saying it. It just sounds creepy. It's not like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like he's like, he's like struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very creepy. Yeah. And it's, it's probably on, on the silver screen, the best interaction between Batman and Joker that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to shit on that because, you know, well, what about Heath Ledger and, and Christian Bale? And yeah, that's great. It really is. All they ever talk about is anarchy and order, you know, mm-hmm. like it's very philosophical conversations they have at the GCPD in uh, in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, it, you know, it's good writing. Uh, well, it's it's great writing. And obviously, uh, Heath Ledger is still probably widely considered. I, 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 I'm inclined to agree uh, the best live action Joker. Um, but if you if you're looking at this in terms of I mean, of a comic book movie, and it really feels like. That's what uh, uh, Zack Snyder has done with this. The interaction that they have on screen, although it's only maybe two, three minutes, it 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 is the best conversation that on on the silver screen, like you said, that the two have ever had. Because it's it's they have to work together right now. You don't know why, um, but and the Joker is literally just like poking at Batman, and Batman's like, "Be careful what you say next," you know. And he starts talking about, oh, his parents died. And then he starts talking about how he killed Jason Todd and uh, and and how that's like, you know, destroyed him. And, and you know, and basically uh, Joker saying, if you hadn't if you would just not be a coward and die, how many people do you think, you know, would live uh, just because you'd be dead? You know, if you had the cojones, you wouldn't send a boy to do a man's job. Yeah. And I was waiting for, I was like, I think there is, there might be a quick little like fight here because holy shit, like that, the tension between the two there mm-hmm. is fucking palpable. And when I kill you and you're, and you're, 
and I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, Batman says fuck, which is cool because it's Batfleck saying fuck. Yeah. Um, it it felt like there was a lot of weight to that scene. It mm-hmm. it felt I, I I'm sitting there like there's like t- not even ten minutes left in this movie. Why do I feel like there's about to be another like bomb dropped? Um, it was shot a little weird, and I guess it, you know that is because Ben Affleck and Jared Leto shot their scenes separately because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and that that was unfortunate because I felt like that almost detracted from the scene a little. There were a lot of like close ups, a lot of out of focus shots. At the same time, I also thought it made the scene a lot more intense and cool when it was just like close ups of their faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't decided how I feel about that yet. Um, it could be more tense because it's so close and in and out of focus. Um, but overall, I wish I obviously wish the scene could have been longer. And maybe shot just a little more in focus in some points. Yeah, those those shots that he like that Zach went like in and out of focus. It it was interesting, cool. Do it once, maybe, and then it's it's almost like J.J. Abrams' uh, lens flares, basically just for that scene. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if we don't ever have to see that again, I'm cool with it. And I think a part of that was, again, because of the COVID thing and also because that is still a dream. Yeah. Because then we see uh, Bruce Wayne wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, actually, we'll get to that in a second. But I think I think so I think both of those things together, it it probably won't be happening much again with that in and out of focus. You've never seen it before. He's never really done it before. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be too concerned about it. Um, But then they keep saying, like, he's going to find us, you know, the, the heroes or whatever they are now. Um, they're all working together. You know, Joker is telling Batman, um, you need me to set the world back to the way it should be, which is, excites me. I'd love to see a nightmare. movie, like call it like Justice League nightmare or something. Oh, my God, that would be even, amazing. Even like a graphic novel. Yeah, well, I'd still I'd almost rather have the movie at this point. I mean, yeah, if you want if you're not going to give it back to uh, Snyder and HBO Max, then yeah, mm-hmm. do a graphic novel or something. But um, it. It, like it it makes you want more for sure exactly um, and i i want it i it's also you know uh, i was talking to my friend dave like where does this nightmare scene go with the one from bvs yeah like is it I, is it even is, is is there even a continuity or because it's a dream is it like this could happen this could happen yeah and none of it actually is like you know like maybe maybe they're just two different dreams and they're not actually one is before the other and one's after maybe he's just having two dreams of two different scenarios mm-hmm. um because i mean in in the bvs nightmare scene you he has the joker card on on his gun already yeah because so, the joker in this one gives him the card and says uh yeah we have a truce as long as you have this card which is weird but very jokery so i was yeah. fine with it <laughs> and much better looking Joker than from Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, and he was great. There, I, I, I challenge anyone to find something wrong with that interaction between them. If you're a fan of Batman and the Joker, that is gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also sitting around talking about, um, you know, he's going to find us. And you, at first, I thought they were talking about apoc- or apocalypse, dark side. And I don't know why I thought that, especially uh, if you, you know, like going in with the knowledge you have from the Batman v Superman nightmare scene. Um, so finally, you know, one of them goes, uh, he found us here. He's here. I think it was cyborg. It was cyborg. He's like, oh, yeah, he's found us. And, uh, and it's Superman. 
like he lands and you see his eyes go red and then uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up again. So I think that's the second time his eyes went red and then Bruce Wayne wakes up and he's like, fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the first time, uh, first time uh, Superman like goes for his heart in BVS, he then wakes up and then Barry shows up. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, Bruce wakes up. Um, he he like hears the like a sonic boom outside thinks it's probably clark walks out freaking martian manhunter john jones appears tells him that he has a stake in the world he's going to join the fight making him the seventh of the justice league and it was a good interaction i could you this I mentioned I mentioned earlier that I couldn't tell what scenes if any of them were like shot new. This one you could tell because of how Ben Affleck looked. Yeah, he looked. I think he looked better, like physically, like he looked better because this was also around the time of like his um, addiction help. He got help for addiction. I forget which one he got help for. Uh, alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah. So yeah, it it looked he he looked better. Um, and he wasn't as as buff as he was so i mean it didn't make or break the scene it was just me being like okay i could tell when this one was yeah and and again just those three i think the the two interactions with um martian manhunter and uh the nightmare scene um yeah everything else i think zach had in he had ready to go so Mm -hmm. Um, and and then martian manhunter flies away and we're left with for autumn which autumn was uh zach's daughter who passed away during the during the filming of the first one Uh, back when uh, zach snyder was still working on it before whedon came in yeah i say it lightly she she gave her own life um all there's there's a billboard in the movie right when you see bruce and barry uh, drive off um that is for one of the the help centers for i think i think it's for depression and for um people who are thinking about taking their own lives so uh, all all like the proceeds for like all this like save the snyder cut uh restore the snyder verse there's been merch like for this justice league all all of all if not most of those proceeds go to those like charities and stuff so i'm glad it didn't go go to a terrible cause or to someone terrible like wb like wb but i'm still gonna watch wb stuff oh yeah but and then that's it that's and then credits and then credits and there's nothing after the credits (laughs) there's nine minutes of credits and i think it's a lot of like just thanking people which i'm okay with but i didn't mm. stick around to watch it <laughs> so that's that that's our lengthy review overview of Zack snyder's justice league um i want to know everyone's thoughts uh if you're still here in the chat we can say it real quick if not you can always uh tweet at us um Tweet at me at Kyle, at Kyle Krause 89. Nick, you are over at 
Nowhere. Uh, Nick Sharifinsky, you think? Yeah. N-I-C-K-S-H-A-R-A-F-I-N-S-K-I. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Nick, what would you what would you rate this film? I'm not gonna say it because I feel like people are gonna be pissed. I don't care. Uh, I would oh, a nine out of ten. Yeah. Okay. I I would give it an eight out of ten. So I uh, I want to see more. I I know he has mm-hmm. plans. I've read the storyboards for him, and uh, there's some crazy shit that um, I feel like if you had read about this movie in a storyboard, you'd be like, that's kind of out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that's kind of what his next, what his sort of plans for the other Justice League movies would be uh, in a good way. And again, I think it it would add so much more to like the world building and like kind of the, the places they could take new characters and whatnot. Um, I want to see him continue to do it. Uh, and I want to see the things that were kind of promised, you know, back when this all started, like that, uh, the Batman and Deathstroke movie. Um, the Deathstroke standalone movie. I think those would be awesome. I want to see uh, like a death in the family movie. Um, I want to see, well, you know, like a kind of a prequel where we see the Batman and the Joker face off and we see what happens to Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's all in there. It's all alluded uh, in Batman v Superman. It was, it's talked about at the end of the uh, uh, justice league, the Snyder cut. So, and with, the positive response it's been getting from the fans so far i don't see any reason to not do it uh it's just a matter of wb wanting to and uh ben affleck wanting to come back and even Zack snyder you know if he i wouldn't blame him if he's like no i'm done you know Mm -hmm. like um but it it i think it completely changed a hodgepodge kind of piece of crap into honestly one of my favorite superhero movies i thought i thought everyone gave it their all um and it's a shame that so much was cut that helped to really really make these characters more interesting i feel like they were done a disservice with the last one so more than i more than i honestly thought i was kind of shocked with how much i liked it Um, yeah me too so Uh, i know a lot of people were like oh it's just gonna be the same film it's not no it is it is vastly different the tone the look it's not it does feel like I mean a lot of this stuff was just a shot on a on a green screen, but it does feel it doesn't feel as jokey yeah. as the other one. And I don't mind the green scene, the green screen stuff because one, it's Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's style always kind of mm-hmm. has been, and two, it gives it a different look from Marvel. Like that's the issue. Like how how are you going to take a movie that Zack Snyder is trying to pivot? as a something different than marvel and then bring in the guy who did avengers to finish it like then it looks like it's it's this complete lack of focus between something that should never try to be like marvel and something that's okay now let's try to make this like marvel even though most of it's already been shot we're going to redo this and this and we're going to add some funny little like that's not who at least a lot of times that's not what dc is like they take more chances they do darker things and seeing this movie now the way it should have been uh you know it's fully realized it doesn't feel disjointed and it makes you care about literally every single one of the characters finally so i i loved it i thought it was it was great and i really hope we get to see more of that universe yeah so oh and fun little fact for you um we live in a society since we started this episode with that um 
that was not a part of the conversation uh, in the actual movie. Joker never says it in the movie, just in that trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jared Leto ad-libbed that. And because he knew he had seen, you know, like the petitions to get uh, Joaquin Phoenix to say we live in a society for the movie Joker. And he ad-libbed that on the set and it didn't make it in, but Zack Snyder liked it. So they used it in the trailer. Yeah. Um, And that might be because I did, I did hear that. I mean, there's a, there is one like apparently dialogue uh, that is going to be, if there's like uh, a special Snyder cut, that would be in it. And it's probably that one, Mm -hmm. but there is going to be, Just like in, just like with Logan, there is going to be a black and white version of this film. I'll be skipping is, that. It's called Justice League. Justice is gray. Yeah, no, I don't need that. Like, there's some things where I'm like, that's weird. Like, I, it's not weird if it's great if you want to see it mm-hmm. like that, but I, I don't really get the point of that. So yeah, neither, neither do I. I am. And I, one other thing, I guess we should mention before the end is. Um, it's shot in an IMAX format and from watching the trailers and stuff on computer screens or on my phone, I was very worried about it because mm-hmm. it looked awkward. Um, watching it on a big TV, you don't notice. Like, I mean, no. you still get the black bars on the left and right side of your TV, but it's, uh, you, I, I didn't have an issue with it once. It, it looked amazing. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would have liked it to fill my whole TV screen, but this is Zack Snyder's, definitive version yeah not kyle krause's definitive version you fuck i know but we're gonna end it here i thank you to everyone who is here in the twitch chat i would thank every one of you but that's i'm not going to um nick i thank you for i thank you kyle thank you you're welcome this has been an interesting viewing journey of the Snyder cut. Um, but years so, in the making from when we first started this podcast, yeah. we knew this was going to come one day. And now we finally got to review it like five years later. Yep. And I think we can finally end the podcast now. Yep. And don't let anybody sign your checks. Yes. But if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter. Each of us, we have the in, we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, same user handle as Twitter, or you can join the Twitch chat every Friday, even though today's Saturday, uh, over at twitch.tv slash kcrowsy89. Uh, if you want to follow Nick on Twitch, he's been... <laughs> he rage quit earlier this week, uh, Batman Arkham City, but he's now going through Bully. Uh, where can they find you, Nick, at, on Twitch? Uh, Nick GWS, all one word. Very good. Well, And uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, and I actually, tonight we're doing... Um, me and a couple of buddies are doing it. We're going to continue our weekend Lee playthrough of um, that recon, not recon remnant. Um, remnant. Thank you. Remnant fallen ash or from the ashes or something. Remnant, yeah. Remnant from the ashes, remnant fallen ashes, remnant, something ashes. Excellent. So excellent. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, who knows what is going to happen within the next week? Uh, there, there won't be another Justice League movie, a new one, not until the Justice is Gray version. But we'll be here. We'll be talking. So until next week, Nick, say adieu. Adieu.